Hi, everyone. This is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com, and you're listening to another DevOps Chat Podcast. I have the pleasure of being joined by a couple of great, great folks I love talking on, with on this topic. Uh, first is Tim Riley, who's CEO with Zetaset, and I'll have you guys introduce yourself in just a minute. Uh, second is Charles Kalaji, who I know from way back when, when he was an analyst with IDC and uh, used to brief him, and he's working with Accelerated Strategies Group. Welcome, guys. Good to have, have you both on. Well, thank you. Uh, let's start with you, Tim. Would you just uh, give us a brief introduction, tell us a little bit about yourself, and tell us about Zetaset? Sure. Uh, this is Tim Riley, CEO of Zetaset. We do encryption, uh, software-only encryption. We're based in the Bay Area. Been around a few years. Uh, my personal background is I've been in tech for now most of my career, 20 years, whether it's appliance, networking, telco, hardware, wireless networking uh, software, and finally security in the last 10 years. So I feel like I got a pretty good understanding of the world and how security fits in it. It's kind of the requirement. You need to check a lot of those boxes these days to understand the whole scope of things. So fantastic background. Charles, how about yourself? Introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the kind of research that you do. All right. Thank you, Mitch. And uh, so as uh, Mitch uh, mentioned, I've been an analyst for many years with uh, analyst firms, and uh, I'm now working with Accelerated Strategies. So I cover, you know, almost all the security markets, uh, what the trends are, where they're going, uh, what is uh, uh, hot, or in some cases, we got to tell, uh, I got to tell vendors that they're not in a hot space anymore and, and how to uh, uh, transition or, or make sure that they capture the uh, share of the revenue they deserve. And I've been in the security space for 30 plus years, uh, uh, started at the National Security Agency. So I like to say I'm one of the few analysts that speak crypto. So uh, working with uh, Zetaset and, and Tim and in uh, this area is, you know, what I really enjoy uh, uh, doing and getting uh, involved in. Well, Charles, I'm really, I'm, Charles, I'm really glad you didn't have to break any bad news to me. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're in, one, you're in one of those those moving areas, not uh, not ones that uh, you have to uh, capture share to continue move, continue uh, surviving. Yeah. It's great you positioned it that way too, Charles and Tim, because we have been working together. Uh, Zetaset commissioned Accelerated Strategies Group to do some research around Kubernetes and containers, uh, primarily around data protection, data data security of data within uh, Kubernetes and containers. There's a lot of, of course, you, you can't pick up any IT journal, blog, whatever, without reading something about containers. You know, it's all the rage. It's been on in all the papers, as they say. Um, but, you know, with like any new technology, we often uh, apply what we know to it. And sometimes that's a good approach. And sometimes you've got to evolve or significantly evolve your approach when it comes to security. So let, let's first start by, and we've launched this report called, it's called Kubernetes, sorry, Kubernetes Data Protection Report. It's available on the Accelerated Strategies Group site. I'll show the URL with you in just a moment. Um, Charles was the lead analyst on this work. Charles, tell us a little bit about what the research was about. What were we trying to learn with this research? Well, there was kind of uh, three things we were trying to uh, get a handle on. And the first, of course, is trying to figure out, is Kubernetes uh, being used in production? Uh, are, is it uh, uh, moving forward? You know, or is, is it uh, kind of being held back and, and potentially being held back by security? 
So, so that was the first uh, the first question. The second one is, how do they feel about Kubernetes security, especially with their deployments, and uh, where where they think they are going? You know, are they comfortable? Do they want something else? And then that last part was, yeah, you know, what do they see? So even uh, you know, forward looking to get an idea of uh, what they need to do to to improve the situation. So those were kind of the three things that we were looking at. Uh, uh, is it being used? Is it being used in production? What is their overall feeling about security and what does it, what needs to be done to move forward? And, and as you mentioned, the focus was on data security as much as the overall aspect of, of security because, you know, as you know, there's, there's many aspects and uh, for this uh, area because of data movement and, and other things, we really were curious about you know, what is their data uh, protection plan. And we were talking about data in many forms, right? It can be data within the containers, could be databases within containers, you know, kind of full encapsulation of uh, data sources, not just data within the app as well. Um, Tim, I know this is center in the space of where you are in. Um, Tell us a little bit about Zetaset and your whole strategy around data protection, data security. Uh, that's kind of a big question for yeah. the short of a conversation, but if you can. Well, I think uh, if you just take the world and say there's the legacy and there's this new DevOps world, I, I think it's one is the evolution out of all the deficiencies and how to make a better cost efficiencies out of an IT infrastructure that's existing or why build out if you can leverage what you have more? And I think that was the theme of VMs 20 years ago. And this is just another evolution of that to containers and orchestration with Kubernetes. And in all cases, data needs to be protected. So we as Edisev believe if we can give you encryption and give you that last line of defense that complements access controls, runtime and audit monitoring, we give you a full comprehensive. So just know that, yeah, encryption isn't the end all be all, but it is definitely one of the main legs of a data protection stool. Um, so let, we'll focus on that one, but don't think I'm just centric on that. I understand the full security solution. So for mm -hmm. adoption in, in encryption, we feel how do we get people to protect data with encryption? And the big things are, we'll make it flexible, make it easy uh, to use. And I think the biggest one is performance. If you see a lot of, I think it's even in one of the uh, stats that we have in the survey that performance is one of the bigger issues with uh, implementing encryption. Take that off the table. And we at Zetaset say, if we can make encryption so simple, it's transparent, you don't even know it's there, why not do it everywhere? Why stop in one section of data and not do it in the other? I think the iPhone is a great example of that. It's encrypted. Everybody knows it only because it's in the headlines, but it's always been there and it's behind the scenes. We kind of use that as, that as being that pervasive encryption behind the scenes, whether it's legacy or this DevOps world of Kubernetes. Excellent. Now, Charles, we pretty clearly answered, I think really clearly answered the question. Of course, people are using Kubernetes in, in production, but they had concerns around, you know, some felt they were secure and some weren't quite as comfortable with how secure they felt. What were some of the data around that? Yeah, so that was uh, uh, interesting in, in terms of we just asked them uh, pretty much just as, as you had said, uh, brought out, you know, how, how uh, do they feel the security is, is being effective? And 
uh, and we were looking at a lot, a lot of uh, the data protection, as you say, but, you know, almost 50% uh, felt that, that they're, that they were comfortable to a certain extent, you know, with their security uh, as, as they were moving forward. So, you know, that was kind of, you know, as, as an analyst, you kind of want to dig in deeper mm-hmm. and say, okay, if, if that's the case, then, you know, some of these other answers should be a lot different than they were. And uh, the interesting aspect of, of the, this was that, yeah, half, half felt uh, uh, that they were doing okay and, and half really had some concerns. But then when you ask them, you know, overall, what is the uh, vulnerability attack surfaces uh, for Kubernetes deployments? And you kind of get a different, a different feel, a different perspective, right? So, you know, if things were going good, you, you wouldn't expect that, as it turned out, almost half of the respondents uh, uh, said that we had uh, six or five different attack surfaces as, as potential uh, areas of concern. And nearly half of the people said that all the attack services were of concern. Mm-hmm. So I kind of start thinking, wow, you know, they half the people think the security is working okay, and then but then you get uh, half of the people think that that uh, you know there's multiple attack surfaces that are vulnerable. So either you know <laughs> either all of those people have have those those same thoughts or. Uh, people have more concern about their security than they than they want to let on, and I think that you know that happens with security in a lot of areas, right? Where if you just ask the question of "Are you secure?" and they're going to say, "Yeah, yeah," you know, because one, they maybe don't want to think that they <laughs> that they're not, uh, but two, it's you know, there's nothing bad has happened yet. Yes. But then when you start digging into it, it's like, oh, and you know, you kind of ask some questions, and it's like, oh. Well, now that now that you mention it, yeah, uh, maybe you know because the, there's vulnerabilities in the in the core platform, or that the containers have vulnerabilities, or there's access control issues, as you mentioned, or network uh, management issues. You know that, yeah, maybe maybe things aren't as aren't as uh, in, in in a way just to. Yeah. Draw an analogy if your if your surgeon said, "Well, fifty percent of the time my surgeries are successful, but I don't know about the other half." Yeah, you know yeah. That, that might be a little concerning yeah. to you, and I'm not trying you to know, be hyperbolic, uh, but you, you remember know, you when uh, what was it, Donald Rumsfeld, when in the uh, Persian Gulf uh, briefings with uh, his famous line was, "We don't know what we don't know." Right, the unknown unknowns. Right, this is exactly what we have here. I think there's an educational issue where. Maybe people just say, well, my security was working for me in the traditional, so it'll same thing. We can just translate it over to this new world, and that's fine. And to me, that we still have a legacy business that's pretty uh, substantial. I'll give you one example, healthcare. We, we put that, and they say, oh, yeah, you're right. We could get hacked there, and we have no, line, no encryption around. So whether it's old or new, you have it. I would look, I think there's history to look at here. Did VMs get rolled out? and there were security issues. Did they not even think of them, but slowly but surely they were hacked, there were breaches, there were all of these things. And I think we need to pay attention to that and point to it and say, look, this happened already, learn from it. Because we're now in a new world order where it's even more dispersed and you're getting, if you had five VMs on one server, 
Now think about a thousand containers across an entire network and environment. I mean, that the multiplicity of potential, like we just said, for attack vectors is massive. So we don't know what we don't know. And I think these folks need to be a little bit more educated on security to say, oh, I get it. So it's a two-parter. Did you have a complete security solution for one? And two, do you understand Kubernetes and how the two fit together? And is this in your mind stopping you from going to the next step? And I think there's a bunch of nervous people out there that don't even know the potential exposures they have. Mm -hmm. I can see it coming. Um, and I don't say that just because I'm in the industry hoping to you know, excel with my revenue. I just see that there will be an issue with Kubernetes and containers getting hacked. A bad actor gets in, they mine all the data. And before you know it, there's two petabytes of somebody's personal data. Some enterprise is out there for the world to see. That will happen. If it happens next year or the year after, it's going to be that. Yeah, the, the, you make some great points there, Tim. And, and primarily, as you mentioned, the uh, one is like when VMs came out, the attackers didn't, you know, the attackers just can't show up and start attacking it, right? They need to uh, play with it and kick the tires and find those vulnerabilities and find those processes. Uh, and then, so, you know, when you first roll out things, so it looks pretty good. There's no, there's, there's, there's no sharks here right now, right? The water's clear. Mm -hmm. And then they uh, they figure out where the where where to go, and the interesting in the survey, it's not so much a technology issue. And I think you you know you kind of alluded to this. About sixty percent said that what they need the the greatest factor, the greatest improvement, is better policies, better procedures, mm -hmm. and and I think that's where um, you know where they're they're beginning to start thinking about, wow, I, I, I now need to do something different because I am doing something different, mm -hmm. right? So uh, uh, it, it that was an, another really interesting part uh, for me is that the, the level of, of people needing more education and more policies and procedures mm -hmm. to help improve their security, you know, so they're not looking at just as technology, but at that level. So. Yeah, I think there's some great opportunities in there for the, the, the global services practice to help bundle and give that education. Because I, I, I don't think we're going to turn away from the benefits of containers or Kubernetes. If I could use the Hadoop as the analogy, Hadoop had all the rave in the world, big data and structured data. Did it really come to pass? No. Are we in a hype cycle with Kubernetes? I, I don't think so. I think this is the next evolution of IT infrastructure. It's not going away. And if you take that point of view, you've got to make sure we've got uh, a comprehensive package to give them. And look at all the new startups that have gotten into container encryption. There's Everyone sees the exposure that's there, and we're riding that wave with it. But our wave is easier to translate because we can say, hey, look, you needed it back in the old way. We got it over here for you. We'll work together. Um, I did notice, you know, the, that with the cloud, I think a lot of folks will continue to rely on that because they're not, they don't have the expertise. It makes all the sense in the world. Hey, leverage a cloud provider, leverage their uh, Kubernetes distribution, and that's good. The other half, they're either maybe savvy enough or kicking the tires and saying, hey, I'll be DIY with Kubernetes, or maybe I'll do Red Hat OpenShift or VMware Tanzu since they've got an enterprise version that has a foot on-prem and a foot in the cloud. So you kind of have a, I think, I look at it like you have a three-parter. One, somebody's just on-prem, somebody's hybrid, and somebody's leading cloud. 
And I, I don't know if it's a third, a third, a third, to be honest. I mean, within that third, uh, totally cloud, there could be more people who are hybrid that do both. Whatever you want to take from that is it's dispersed how people are going to deploy Kubernetes. And there was also really good data showing, you know, it, it, it's, there's multiple providers of that Kubernetes yep. distribution. So even within one organization, exactly. you might try to standardize on something, but more than likely you're going to, in a VM world, VMware world, you'll use one thing, you know, whatever it might be, there, you're going to be looking at multiple stacks that you're trying to secure as well as the application architecture. So complexity has gone way, way up. And I think that's what's part of what's concerning security people. It, so there, there's something you just made me think of on the environments and using what the data that's in a Kubernetes environment can be in multiple things. Like um, Mitch, you said, uh, it could be like the actual database where the data is containerized. Cloud, that's more container native storage, as it's called. Then there's the cloud native storage where it might be in some shared storage, uh, like a vSAN, uh, vSphere volume, or you can look at block storage, or you can look at SEP, which is Red Hat. Well, all of those guys, and I like this comparison because it does a really good one. You have the beach, call those self-encrypting drives. You have you know, a garbage can, call that uh, the like a vSPAN, vSphere's encryption protection. And you have a bucket. And then after that, that's, I, I think, where we more play in the partition volume. And then the very biggest one is grains of sand. So the Goldilocks principle is where do you, where do you put security mm -hmm. without impacting performance and the efficiencies that Kubernetes brings us. Uh, we've done all the analysis on that. And I, my team has been around encryption for 20 plus years. And they said the bucket because it gives you enough to protect without killing you. Because imagine a key for every grain of sand. That's the performance would be destroyed. And that was the top what concern or two with uh, the issues of security and encryption. And that's how you solve that. And if you're able to do it, and I saw the other one was more of integration with the platform and causing problems. If you can integrate, I think you've got, you've solved the two major hurdles. And if it is truly a big issue for going to production, I think we've taken it off the table and all the way back around. If you encrypt everything and you do without impacting performance and just transparent, do it, deploy. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I, I think it's properly positioned for encryption to take a greater role as this data gets more dis dispersed. And I think we do, we have an opportunity to really protect all of that wherever it goes. It's interesting too, there was some really good data that showed that, you know, naturally folks rely on what they know, right? Using traditional data encryption tools, using role-based access control, things that we know, but also there's a recognition of uh, not sure that traditional uh, data security encryption technology was sufficient, that there, there more is needed. Maybe some thoughts you might have, Tim, about that, because I know you talk a lot with customers about traditional tools, what do we need something new, you know, filling out that software stack more completely. I think here's a great example um, that's different from what's happened in the past. And I don't mean to get too techy, but I will. Um, if a if a developer tells a container there's an app in it and says, I need access to this data. The way the process works is Kubernetes then says, okay, I need a persistent volume claim for this container to go talk to a persistent volume. The persistent volume is just something that sucks data that ultimately will be used by the container. What people don't realize is once that container is done with that, that persistent volume doesn't go away. It sits there, it's back to the bucket it's just a bucket that's on the beach and the kid left it there and walked away. 
you can have a thousand buckets out there. So that data is still all out there. It doesn't go away. And I don't think people realize that well enough that, well, what do you do? How do you protect it? Well, somebody could get access to it, but yeah, sure. It's, it's going to be easy to grab. What if it's encrypted? They can't do anything with it. So one way to what we call is uh, de deactivate data's availability is if it's encrypted, you just chuck the key. It's gone forever. You'll never get access to it. That whole process is brand new. They didn't have that in infrastructure. You didn't create something like this that forever just floats around. That's where Kubernetes and these persistent volumes are brand new and different. And pointing that out to people, I think a lot of people don't realize that. Um, the data becomes, you, that you get the value of data, you put it up in the container, they do some processing, it comes back down, it's gold. You've read and write, and it's got all the conclusions you want, and then you throw it over there, but it just doesn't get thrown out. It's still hanging out there. Different world we live in now, and to be able to protect that, uh, I think that's a great differentiator. Excellent. Yeah. Go ahead, Charles. Jump yeah, in. I was going to say, you know, the survey did show, you know, those same things. The real issue is is the tools aren't well integrated with Kubernetes right now, or yep. and or really it turned out to be, uh, you know, the traditional data databases that are going to be encrypted aren't well integrated with the uh, uh, containers, and the last one is you know performance is going to be taking a hit if if it's not optimized for this deployment. Yep. So all of those came up as as very uh, huge issues in and challenges or uh, working with the data encryption in Kubernetes. I'll give you the high level one that is simply the legacy infrastructure is bottoms up, okay? So we all know that containers and Kubernetes has evolved out of virtualization and it's floating up here. Well, are you gonna use the bottoms up to protect that or should you use a top down, which is in concert to the integration that pulls security, that pulls data from the top as you need it? Well, it's a no-brainer. If security security needs to keep track or pace with everything that's happening with infrastructure, if infrastructure continues to evolve to these greater technologies and efficiencies, security shouldn't stay the same. It's got to keep pace with them and become integrated with that. And if anything, look at legacy. If security wasn't integrated and people learned as they went, oh, we need to secure this, oh, we need to secure this, we'll take what you learned there and say, oh, we got to do something, whatever that was here, we got to do it with Kubernetes. And I think this is the opportunity for DevSecOps to really walk out with DevOps and get it right this time. It's not going to be perfect, but they'll get it better. You want things I went bad, just to kind of wrap up in conclusion. I'm curious on your thoughts, Tim. I mean, you worked with Accelerated Strategies that commissioned us to do this report, but it's not a marketing piece. It's a completely independent research. What was what were some of the things you found most valuable for or interesting or maybe didn't expect from the research done kind of outside of your group because sometimes we live in our own bubbles right of our own organizations and i, I call it breathing in our own exhaust I, I do that i know so i'm just curious what you found most compelling about this i was actually very excited to see a third of the folks putting this multiple applications in production i i think i thought it was earlier than it is and it that that tells me right there that uh, this isn't going away this is getting this is just this turbine is gaining steam it's coming more um because i think we've all been there where we're like hey it's great it's great it's you know the hype is there i i, I think we're there um and i think you're going to see this really start to pass another uh barrier 
as we go into 2021, because in a remote world that we unfortunately live in, it may at some point still look like that for a while. And going forward, they're still going to be, I think, more remote. And I think we would all agree with that. Mm-hmm. So if you've got that, Kubernetes containers will live in that world. And I think you're really going to see the adoption continue. So that, that was the big one I took away was that it's not as early as I thought. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Well, great. Thank you. It's been a pleasure working with you. For our listeners, our viewers, uh, please check it out. You can go to the Accelerated Strategies site. It's A-C-C-E-L-S-T dot com. There's a what's new section. You scroll down a few, well, just a little bit, and you'll see the report right there to download it. Tim, how about to, to find out more about Zetaset? Uh, you can go to zetaset.com. Um, it's sound like it sounds, Z-E-T-T-A-S-E-T.com. And uh, we have a wealth of information about DevOps and legacy that really give you good education and show you everything we've got around encryption. i just like to say both of you, Mitch, Charles, thank you. ASG has been great to work with and very insightful. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Really appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, I'm going to point, I'll conclude a link, point folks to a recent webinar that we just did um, about a week or so ago, talking about the subject kind of pre the report being released, where we had a chance to explore some of these topics and thoughts more. So please check that out in an on-demand way where you can, I think it's well worth it. We have really good attendance and great questions. So, well, gentlemen, it's been a lot of fun talking with this and yeah, who knew encryption could be so fun, but (laughs) it's always always fun, Mitch. I knew you would say that. (laughs) Okay. Have a great day. Thanks for joining. Guys, take care. You've listened to another DevOps chat podcast. This is Mitch Ashley thanking everyone for joining us today. Be safe, be careful out there.